come on in, get yourself a blue hymnal. Get yourself a blue hymnal and turn to number 208, please, 208. sing number 112, 112. Thank you. 
Yes, oh Lord, thank you. Amen. Please do be seated. Well, it's good to be in the Lord's house today. And um, uh, just a couple of announcements. Um, uh, Mindy and I and Abigail will be going to a, a preacher's meeting uh, in uh, Sioux Falls uh, this week. And so Brother Richard Martin is going to be here on Wednesday night. And I look forward to having him with us. And so please do be here and be an encouragement. He'll be an encouragement to you. And... Um, uh, I think that's all I got. So am I forgetting anything? You've got a ladies thing coming up, right? I'm sorry. The Friday and Saturday. That's right. Okay, there we go. So please do remember that. All right. So we'll receive our morning tithes and offerings if our men will come to receive those. Brother Wade, would you ask the Lord's blessing in the offering, please? Dearly, Father, Lord, so blessed to be in your house this morning, Lord. We just want to pray for all those who are sick, maybe traveling, Lord, um, that can't be here this morning. Lord, just be with them, Lord. I want to pray for the pastor, Lord, that gave him the words uh, for us to hear this morning, Lord. Lord, I want to continue to pray for this country, Lord, and the future for it, Lord. And also want to pray for all of our youth and their future, too, Lord. And just mm. love you with all of our hearts, Lord. In your name we pray. Amen. <laughs> to number 314, 314. Will be 
sing one more. Let's sing number 451. 451. Okay, 457, amen. Exodus chapter 9, please. Exodus chapter 9. To be honest with you, I wanted to try to jump over some of this and uh, just couldn't. It's, the Bible's so good, amen? There's so much in here. And in Exodus chapter 9, you're getting the, the, uh, the middle third, if you will, of the... Uh, judgments against the gods of Egypt and uh, the judgments against Pharaoh. And um, if you will, he, if uh, just for sake of time, and verses 1 through 7, he talks about uh, a great moraine taking place where 
much of the cattle died. Moraine means death, and so it's just a general death. They just started falling over dying. And uh, one of the things I got out of this is I thought all of the cattle died, but no, it's, it's just a good proportion of the cattle died, and you'll see why that's important here in a moment. And then in the, in the middle third of there, verses 8 through 12, uh, he takes and he throws dust from the furnace and it comes and it gets on the animals and on the, on the Egyptians, the humans, if you will, and it breaks out in boils, okay? Now, I don't know if you ever see boils anymore, but can, can you imagine just, uh, just the terrible condition and the pain? It's, it's just awful. And, uh, and to be quite honest with you, I'm not sure if that happened to the Egyptians and the Israelites or not. But the great moraine that took place, only Egyptian cattle died. It doesn't say that about the boils, but I assume that only the boils went on the Egyptians. Because then the similar thing happens as he says, I'm going to send a great hail. Now this is a hail. Listen, you all ever been through a bad hailstorm? How many of you all had a bad hailstorm that was on fire? Because that's what happens in this, this portion of scripture. There's a great hailstone. God warns them. And he says, unless you take your cattle into your house, your cattle are going to die. And so, if you will, uh, uh, the Bible says, even the believing Egyptians took and put some of the cattle in their house so that they could save their cattle. And so, God gave them warning, okay, if you will, and, and then he executed his plan. Of course, Egypt was, uh, Israel was probably um, uh, saved from that, too, because they probably took their cattle into their house. By the way, studying that, this has nothing to do with this message. It helps you to understand Mary and Joseph staying in, if you will, with the cattle. Well, the cattle quite often came into the house, especially during the winter time, believe it or not. And, uh, and so that was a, a common thing. So anyhow, uh, but our key verse, and here's what I want you to see, our key verse. Why did God do all this? Verse 29 is where we're going. Verse 29. The Bible says this. It says, And Moses said unto him, As soon as I am gone out of the city, I will spread abroad my hands unto the Lord, and the thunder shall cease, neither shall there be any more hail. Okay? And so he's going to stop the hail with fire. I can't even imagine what hail with fire looks like. Um, But notice then, it says, That thou mayest know how the earth is the Lord's. That, that's the, the message of the, uh, of the morning here. Things that we need to remember that belong to the Lord. Things that we need to remember that belong to the Lord. Let's pray. Father, we love you. We thank you for the privilege to sing your praises here this morning, to worship you with our giving. Father, uh, we thank you for all who are here. We just pray, Lord, that you'd help us to put aside the cares of this world for a time. Father, speak to us. And Father, if there's one here that doesn't know you as their Savior, I pray that today might be a day of salvation. Father, we just uh, pray that we would remember these lessons. And uh, Father, that we would be ready and looking for your soon return, your soon coming. Father, we love you. Meet with us now. We ask this all in Jesus' precious name. Amen. You know, James chapter 1, verse 17 says, Every good gift and every perfect gift descendeth from the Father of lights. So please take this the right way, but any good thing that you have, please forgive me, any good thing that you have comes from God. Any good thing you have. And so if you will, if he gave it, it belonged to him. And then he can, if you will, 
exact a, uh, uh, an accountability from you for that, okay? Because it belonged to him, he gave it to you. We're only stewards for a time. I don't know about you. My Bible only guarantees me uh, three, uh, three score and ten, or for, by reason of strength, four score, meaning I'm probably going to live 70, 80 years. Most of us are going to live 70, 80 years. That's still the average, uh, uh, still the average um, lifespan. And so, if you will, we, we see here that, um, uh, that uh, every good gift comes, comes from God. So, notice, if you will, first off, that our life is a gift. Think about this in, in verse 1 of our, of our text here. The, the Bible says, he says, going unto Pharaoh, verse 1, he says, uh, let the, my people go that they may serve me. For, uh, verse 2, if thou refuse to let them go, we'll hold them still. Behold, the hand of the Lord is upon thy cattle, which is in the field. Meaning this. Your land belongs to me. Israel belongs to me. Your cattle belong to me. Okay? And here's what I want you to do with them. Do it. You got to remember, when the, uh, Moses isn't going in there making requests. He's going in there making commands. He's making demands from the God of creation. Amen? And uh, all of this, again, is, is, uh, in this chapter anyway, is that they might remember uh, who gave them that. You know, think about it. God is the one that gives life. Y'all believe that? Amen. God is the one that gives life, not only to animals. Listen, I promise you this, that uh, if you will, if you've, if you've had an, anim- if an animal or a pet, can I promise you this? God can withhold the fruit of the womb. Uh, he can do it with animals. He can do it with humans. We'll look at that here in, in just a moment. And so any birth that happens, that belongs to God. Uh, how do I know that? He holds them accountable for that. When they give a tithe, give me a tithe. Why? Because I gave it to you, okay? Uh, you, do you realize that they had to give, if you will, uh, for a life, the firstborn had to be sacrificed for. You either had to break the neck of an unclean animal, or you had to sacrifice a lamb for a clean animal or for a human being, if you will, so that you might keep it. Why? Because it belonged to God. And so God is saying, listen, all these things that I give you belong to me. You couldn't have them without me. And I will promise you that is a good lesson for all of us to learn, is to know that everything that comes into our hand, every aspect of our life, is a gift from God. It, it, it has been given to us. And, and so, if you will, uh, not just animals, but obviously also humans. I, I want you to see this. Go to Genesis chapter uh, 20 and look at verse 18. Genesis chapter 20 and verse 18. Genesis chapter 20 and verse 18, the Bible says this. The Bible says, For the Lord had fast closed up all the wombs of the house of Abimelech because of Sarah, Abraham's wife. You know what that means? I mean, please, I'm not trying to be too graphic here, but people were trying to have babies. They couldn't have babies. Why? And God was making it a point. You can't have any babies until I open the womb. Meaning this, if we have been given a child, it's a gift from God. The Bible tells us we ought to be thankful if we have a quiver full of them. Amen? And we're living in a world today that think we can control life. I promise you this, we cannot. God is the one that's in control of life. And in 1 Samuel chapter 1 and verse 6, you remember uh, that Hannah asked for a child. Amen? Why? Because God had closed her womb. Amen? Why? He had a purpose for it. He wasn't punishing Hannah. Uh, it, it wasn't because the one wife was better than the other. And, and, and please take this the right way. If you've had good things given to you, praise God. If God has withheld from you, he has a purpose and a plan for your life. And praise God again. This is very important for us to understand. God is the one that gives life. God is. And, 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 if, and if you've not been given 
these things. It's not a punishment. It wasn't a punishment, if you will, to Hannah. Amen. God's in control. God has a purpose. Listen, sometimes he's trying to send a message. And to be quite honest with you, sometimes he's trying to send a messenger. Look what the Bible says in, in 1 Samuel chapter 3 and verse 20. 1 Samuel 3. Verse 20, this is talking about Samuel. Verse 20, the Bible says, And all Israel, from Dan even unto Beersheba, knew that Samuel was established to be a prophet of the Lord. <laughs> why, why, why did she have to wait so long to have a, a child? I'll tell you why. Because God had a purpose and a plan for her child. He was going to be a prophet in the nation of Israel. Some things had to happen for this to, be, to occur, amen? And the timing had to re, be right. The, the person had to be right. The, the place had to be right, if you will. And I, I want you to know there's some important lessons to understand about that. We'll, we'll look at that here in a second. Now, I want you to think about this. We're all human beings in here? All right, that's about 80%. That's good. That's good. Uh, and and I, I will say this. When, when animals are born, animals are animals. Okay, the human beings come out. We are made in the likeness and the image of God. And one of the things is we're sentient beings. We have to to think and we have every human being has to answer questions. Three questions. Okay, every human being has to answer three questions and we categorize them under origin, purpose and destiny. Origin, uh, if you will. How did I get here? How did I get here? Okay. Uh, by the way, I didn't get here by ooze coming out of the ocean. That's 80% too. I'm doing pretty good today, really. <laughs> Amen. Uh, how did I get here? Can, can I just say this? I got here by God's creation. Now, I want you to know that my mother and father came together and, and they had me. Praise God for that. Okay? I'm going to talk about that a little bit further here in a second. But if you will, think about this. There are no accidents of birth. If you're here, God wanted you here. Amen. Folks, I'm not, I'm not trying to be overly graphic, but folks, every woman and every man has the potential to have millions of children. Do you guys understand that? Well, millions might be a little bit too much, but let's say a lot. You all with me? And yet, here we are. It sounds like silly, but get your mind around this. We don't know the people we don't know who could have been born. You all understand that? And yet we were born. So you have to ask yourself the question, how did I get here? How did I get here? Well, can I answer that question for you? And if you just trust me, God wanted you here. He wanted you here in this time, in this place, in this, in this you know, with, with the different aspects of your life. And so if you will... Can I just say this? I think we can answer that question here today. Why am I here? Because God wants me here. Amen. That's important for us to remember. It is important for us to remember. The second thing is uh, we got to answer the question, of what is my purpose then? If God put me here, what is my purpose? What does God want for me here? Okay? And, and so I, I, I will tell you this. God knows where he put you. How many of y'all glad to be Americans? How many of y'all have heard in the last eight years, I'm going to another country if so-and-so gets elected? And I think about that, and I think, well, well then why, wouldn't it have been better to have been born in that other country? Can I just say this? You know who God had born in those countries? The people he wanted born in those countries. 
and he had us born in this country. Now, it sounds silly to say that, but folks, that means you have purpose. They have purpose there. We have purpose here. Okay, and so, uh, so God knows where he put me. God knows when he put me. Uh, I, I would say this. Uh, anybody here uh, uh, say, boy, I wish I'd have been born way back when, or wouldn't it be cool to be then, or, you know, uh, everybody's comfortable with here because that's what we're familiar with. But I, I would tell you this. I, I could think of some other times it would be kind of cool to have lived and, and things like that. But my whole point is this. He put me here at this time, in this place. For a purpose. Meaning this. Now listen. Nobody wants to be so arrogant as to think. Well I'm God's gift. You are God's gift. God gifted you to your parents. God gifted you to this country. God gifted you to this church in a way. Y'all understand that? Amen. And so if you will. uh, Where did he put me? When did he put me? With what gifts did he bestow me? Anybody here can't play piano but wish you could? Wow, that almost got 80% too. <laughs> I, I, I wish I could play piano. And they say, well, start practicing. Okay, okay, you got me. You got me. I, I will tell you this. If you think I'm slow with names, you ought to see me on a piano. Dink. <laughs> you guys know what I'm talking about? <laughs> okay. <laughs> just, 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 just go from here to here. Uh, By the way, with what challenges did he prepare me? I'm not the world's greatest athlete. Never have been. Okay. But I've, I've, uh, I hurt my left knee in middle school football. And I actually had a doctor here about five years ago. I said, you probably had a torn tendon of some kind. I've lived with it my whole life. And to be honest with you, it keeps me from doing some things I really like to do. There's some things I would love to do, but I just physically can't do it. And you're like, man, why did that happen to me? Can I just tell you this? I don't know. I know this. God put that challenge in my life for a purpose. God put that challenge in my life for a purpose. And so, if you will, the thing that you're good at and the things that you struggle with, and maybe you didn't grow up in the best of home, and maybe you didn't have the best of school to go to, and maybe you were rich, and maybe you were poor, and maybe you had different challenges because we all have different challenges, but we've talked about this before. That does prepare us so that we can minister to those going through the same thing. Amen. And, and another thing. So you understand that, so I'm going to move on. And with what opportunities does he present me? I want you to think about this. Attitude quite often determines how you get through a thing, okay? And uh, I will promise you this. I get frustrated sometimes just like you do, okay? Uh, There are just a lot of people in this world. Any of them frustrate you? You know, every one of those people that frustrate you are an opportunity. Every one of them. Matter of fact, God convicts me with that sometimes. I'll get frustrated because I'm in a hurry and people are in my way. Amen. Don't you wish you could just go like this? Um, Anyhow, we, we all struggle with that. Folks, they're all opportunities. If God put you here with your gifts, abilities, and challenges... Amen. Then everybody that we meet is an opportunity. 
Everybody that we meet is an opportunity to take. What is my purpose? My purpose is to do where, when, with what I have, with the people around me, and give an account for my life because God intentionally put me here. And so if you will, origin, how did I get here? Purpose, what does God want from me now that I'm here? Destiny, where will I dwell with my creator? Meaning this, heaven or hell, folks? Heaven or hell? If you will, what is your destiny? Where, where, where will I spend time with my creator? What did you do with the Savior that I sent you? Folks, get a hold of that. God, is, that's the one thing he's going to ask at the end of the day with your life. He's going to say, what did you do with the Savior I sent you? For God so loved the, he sent you a Savior. Amen. And so he's, he's saying this, he's saying, listen, if you're going to answer these questions of life, then you've got to answer the, the destiny part, and your destiny is determined by what you did with the Savior that I sent you. And so if you will, God is, is saying, listen, I gave you these things, I'm going to hold you accountable for these things. And by the way, you're going to have to give an account for this, and listen to me now, what did you do with the life that I gave you? Folks, think about this, some people live life and you hear the expression, eat, drink, and be merry, for tomorrow we die. Do we have people that just live for pleasure and live, live from hand to mouth and live for self? God said, that's not why I brought you into this world. I brought you into this world to accomplish some things, to take and to do my will, to know that you're going to give an account for it someday. And let's be honest, there are times where we get all about self. Amen. And God's saying, you're going to give an account for that. Because I put you here for a purpose, and you're going to answer for that purpose. Did he not teach that to the Egyptians here? That's exactly what he's teaching. I gave you cattle, answer for it. I gave you a life, answer for it. I, I, I represented myself as God, answer for it. Amen. And so if you will, our life is a gift, but we're going to give an account for it. You know, uh, Pharaoh, if you think about this, was responsible for life in Egypt. Believe it or not, it was Pharaoh's job to make sure that the Nile River flooded every year. How would you like to be responsible for that? Okay. <laughs> now, it always does, but uh, if it doesn't grow crops, he's in trouble. And by the way, if the cattle don't produce, it's, it's because of some failure on his part. Amen. And God is saying, I'm holding your feet to the fire. If you say you're responsible for those things, Pharaoh, you are responsible for those things. You know, God was simply showing him that all life is in the hand of God. All life is in the hand of God. Now think about this. One of the ways he showed that is he says they're going to die over here, but they're not going to die over there. Amen? They're going to get boils over here, but they're not going to get boils over here. They're going to lose their cattle to hail over here, but they're not going to have it happen over here. And by the way, the last time they were saved by faith, the Bible says even some Egyptians believed and pulled their cattle into their house. Amen. Some people got it. It's not because of how they were born that uh, they were blessed, if you will. It was their faith. And so the first thing is our life is a gift. Give me an amen, I'll move on. Amen? All right. Our life is a gift. Our health is a gift. Our health is a gift. I want you to think about this. This is the same. Uh, the go, go back to... Uh, Exodus chapter 9, look at verse 8. Exodus chapter 9, verse 8. The Bible says, And the Lord spake unto Moses and unto Aaron, Take, you, take to you handfuls of ashes of the furnace, 
and let Moses sprinkle it toward the heaven in the sight of Pharaoh. And it became small dust in the land of Egypt, and shall be a boil breaking forth with blains upon man and upon beasts throughout all the land of Egypt. Folks, uh, that was the same exact torment that Satan gave to Job. Why don't you think about this? Remember how Job had to respond? He had to sit in sackcloth and ashes, and he took a potsherd. A potsherd is a broken piece of pottery. And he took and he had to scrape his skin for relief from the itching and the pain and the oozing and everything like that, breaking forth with blains. Uh, I'm just telling you, a, a nasty punishment. Makes me wonder if the nation of Israel knew about that. I'm, I'm not sure if they did or not. But it's interesting to me that Satan used that to take Job's faith away. Get a hold of this. If I make you suffer bad enough, I can take your faith away. Let me ask you a question. If you suffer enough, can it affect your faith? I think we all know that. Amen. This this is the same torment that Satan did to Job. And so, if you will, at this point, the Egyptians should have lost faith, not in God. Folks, they should have lost faith in Pharaoh. Look what the Bible says in verse 11. In verse 11, the Bible says this. It says, And the magicians could not stand before Moses because of the boils, for the boil was upon the magicians and upon all, all the Egyptians. Amen. Folks, they were in such pain they couldn't stand up to him anymore. They couldn't, they couldn't stand before him. They couldn't stand in his presence anymore. And, and, and they were suffering so bad they, 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 they could, couldn't come into his company. By the way, part of that's probably because they were unclean because of all the boils and everything like that. You all understand that? And so they were suffering, uh, they were suffering too badly uh, to take and to not notice what was going on. Perhaps they no longer believed in Pharaoh. Look what the Bible says in verse 11, but also look in chapter 10. Look at verse 7. In Exodus chapter 10 and verse 7, the Bible says this, and it says, And Pharaoh's servant said unto him, How long shall this man be a snare unto us? Let the men go, that they may serve the Lord their God. Knowest thou uh, not yet that Egypt is destroyed? Folks, can I just tell you, at this point, these people had had their attention gotten. If he can take our health, then do what he says. Amen. Listen, can God heal? Can also God give us grace through our illness? He can. And listen, I, 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 feel, I feel sorry for people who struggle in their health and suffer in their health. But please take this the right way. I think sometimes when we struggle in our health, it's one of the hardest areas in our life to maintain a faithful walk when we're not feeling well. When we're struggling in our health. Amen. And and by the way, we can struggle in our health, body, soul, and spirit. Amen. We can struggle in our health in all those ways here. You know, suffering in our health, like I said, could be our greatest test. Would you you go to Isaiah chapter 38, please? Isaiah chapter 38. I think about this. Isaiah chapter 38. This is a story of uh, Manasseh, uh, Hezekiah, excuse me, Hezekiah. By the way, a righteous king, one of the most righteous, okay? I mean, he's in the top three of the best kings of Israel ever, okay, or Judah. And, uh, and God lets his health go. So much so that in verse, uh, in verse 3, the Bible says this, it says, and he said, 
Remember now, O Lord, I beseech thee how I have walked before thee in truth and with a perfect heart and have done that which is good in thy sight. And Hezekiah wept sore. By the way, why is he crying? Because God says, get your house in order. You're going to die. By the way, I'm not trying to be clever here, but that's the highest your, de- your health can go bad. You die. Go with me? And folks, he, if you will, turns and tries to guilt God into giving him a longer life. That's exactly what he's doing here. And by the way, God says, if you want longer life, I'll give you a longer life. He gives him 15 more years. And by the way, in that time, he destroys his kingdom and gives birth to the most wicked king in Judah. <laughs> Amen. You know what God said? God was saying this. I, I tried to take your life to spare you from all that. Is our God a good God? Folks, sometimes you say, why me? And how come I have to suffer like that? And you don't know what could have happened if you didn't have it. Amen. And we'll look at it again here in a second. But folks, even, even Job said this. Listen, the body you gave me, that's, that's a gift. If you want it back, you can have it. Amen. I'm paraphrasing. You all understand that? But I will tell you this, that I don't know about you, but a lot of times health is where we begin to stagger in our faith. Because I'll tell you, can I tell you one reason why? And we talked about it in Sunday school. A lot of our faith is in our strength. A lot of our faith is in our strength. You know, sometimes God will take your strength to say, do you trust me or not? Do you trust me or not? And if you start wobbling, you've got to realize you were trusting him in your strength. You need to trust him in his strength. Amen. We see things that we need to remember. Our life is a gift. Our health is a gift. And by the way, our hope is a gift. Go to verse 13 back in our text. Next is chapter 9, verse 13. Bible says, And the Lord said unto Moses, Rise up early in the morning and stand before Pharaoh and say unto him, Thus saith the Lord God of Hebrews, Let my people go that they may serve me, for I will at this time send all my plagues upon thine heart. He says, You're getting, you're getting ready to get the full dose, boys. Amen? And the Bible says, uh, 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 He says, And upon thy servants, upon thy people, that thou mayest know that there is none like me. In the earth. Folks, he's, he's getting ready to settle it forever. He's going to know in his heart that God is God. Okay? Now think about this. He's essentially going to say this. Ultimately, if you don't follow me, if you don't believe me, you're going to die. Now he told him that from the beginning. Okay? And the whole point is this. Is, is, is Pharaoh kept hardening his heart. And then sometimes God hardened his heart to make sure he could use him to get his point across. Because he wasn't going to be converted. You see how many times he recants. We'll talk about that here in a second. But my whole point is this. Is, is, is in all that judgment, I'm going to kill your cattle. Unless you put them in your houses. Can I just tell you this? The Bible talks about that with every temptation, he'll give us a way of... A, and one of the things that God's really touched on my heart even here recently is this, is a lot of time the way of escape is the way of faith. Trust me. Just trust me. I'll make a way of escape for you. Meaning what? I'm going to send hail, and I'm going to kill your cattle, all of it this time. 
We're not just going to kill some of it. We're going to kill all of it. And, 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 I'm, and, and it's going to be uh, hail with fire in it. It's going to be something you've never seen before. It's going to be so awful. It's going to get your heart, meaning this, he's going to affect their minds. They're going to have no choice but to understand he is God and it belongs to him. Amen. But he says this, he says, if you will, take your cattle inside, they'll be safe. Did he give them a way of escape? The only problem is they had to believe God's word. They had to believe God's word. Amen. See, we see hope is a gift. You know, if things are getting ready to be serious. Look at what the Bible says in verse 31. In verse 31, the Bible says this. It says, and the flax and the barley was smitten, for the barley was in the ear and the flax was bald. Okay. Flax, folks, uh, uh, if you don't know what that is, that's what they make linen out of. Okay, bald is like cotton, you know, when they have to take and, what's it called? The cotton gin, you know. What did you say? Spinning. Yeah, spinning and all that. The whole point is it's in the ball, okay, meaning this all stuff was ripe. And he says the fire and the hail is going to destroy all of it, okay. By the way, he didn't destroy all the food, but he's going to destroy all the food. Okay, and so if you will... God's saying, this is getting serious. I'm going to take your early harvest away from you. I'm going to take your clothing away from you. Amen. And then he says, I'm going to take the remaining cattle from you. Look at verse 19. Verse 19, the Bible says, uh, it says, And Moses said unto Pharaoh, it says, Glory over me. When shall I entreat for thee and for thy servants and for thy people to destroy the... No, I'm in the wrong chapter here. Excuse me. Verse... Send now therefore and gather thy uh, cattle and all that thou hast in thy field for upon every man and the beast which shall be found in the field and shall not be brought home the hail shall come down upon them and they shall die. He that feared the word of the Lord amongst the servants of Pharaoh made his servants and his cattle flee into the houses and he that regarded not the word of the Lord left his servants and his cattle in the field. You know know what that says? That says anybody that didn't take their cattle inside their cattle died. And so, if you will, they're getting ready to lose their barley. That's what they eat, folks. That's their bread, okay? Their flax, that's their clothing. That's what they put on. And now they're getting ready to lose all their wealth because that's what cattle are. They're they're a measure of wealth, if you will. He's getting ready to take everything. He's like this, how hard do I have to hit you before you start listening? Because he's hitting them hard here. He says, I'm trying to get to your heart this time. Amen. But, folks, Pharaoh wouldn't listen. But praise the Lord, some were getting the message in Egypt. Look with me, if you will, in Romans chapter 8. I want you to see something here. Romans chapter 8. Look at verse 24. Okay. The Bible says, for we are saved by hope. But hope that is seen is not hope. For what a man seeth, why doth he yet hope for? I Meaning if you can see it, what do you have to hope about? Okay. But if we hope for that we see not, then do we with patience wait for it. You know what they did? They took their cattle in the house and then, I don't know about you, anybody ever been tornado watchers like us? In, in Colorado, tornadoes aren't like they were here. Okay, when I first moved here, you guys remember Shoney's? 
we were sitting in Shoney's in Springfield, and, and, uh, and everybody was acting real nervous. We're like, what in the world? You know, the sirens were going off. We're like, okay. And uh, to be quite honest with you, the curved windows that they had were going, whoa, 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 whoa. And I'm, I'm like, can I have some more iced tea? You know, I, I had no idea. I, I, could, <laughs> I had no idea. When I, in Colorado, whenever there were tornadoes, we would just open the garage door bays and we'd watch them. Why? Because they would go through in the field and they never heard anything. It was no big deal. Uh, here they're life-threatening. Okay? But here's the deal. God took and he said, take your cattle inside. I bet they were peeking through that door saying, when, when's that hail coming? When's that hail coming? And by the way, the hail did come. All right, and so if you will, they demonstrated hope that led to faith, okay? Folks, think about this. Hope is based on God's promises. How many of y'all are hoping to go to heaven someday? But you can also say this, I know I'm going to heaven. Uh, How do you know? It's based on my hope, okay? It's basing on my hope, my expectation, if you will. And God is finding deliverance, Excuse me, hope is finding deliverance in the most difficult of trials, meaning you're going through something terrible, you're going through something hard, when you're saying, boy, I just hope that God has a purpose for this. Amen? Why? Because my life belongs to him, and he can do anything he wants to with it. Rather than having a pity party and say, woe is me, I can't believe this is happening. No, no, no. you got to take and say, I hope God has a purpose for this. Amen? Living in hope. Because last of all, folks, get a hold of this. If our life is a gift and our health is a gift and our hope is a gift, I'm going to say something that might sound hard, but let me explain it. Our faith is also a gift. Look what the Bible says in, again in verse 20. The Bible says uh, in Exodus chapter 9, verse 20, it says, Those that believed put the cattle in the house. Y'all understand that? And so not only did they hope, but they exercised faith. Amen? Now think about this. How many of y'all have trusted Christ as your Savior? Just say amen. 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 Praise the Lord. That's a lot of us. Amen. And you know this verse. For by grace are you saved through. And that not of yourselves. It is a gift of God. Not of works lest any man should boast. And a lot of times we say that the, the gift is the grace. And it is. Okay. But folks, the faith is a gift too. Now, I don't want anybody to think I'm a Calvinist here because I think you guys know I am the farthest thing from a Calvinist, all right? But if you will, God worked in these Egyptians so that they could believe. Folks, they didn't know who God was before this whole contest started. And until the contest between him and Pharaoh, they're, they're like, who is God that we should obey him? And God says, let me show you. I can do this, I can do this, I can do this, I can do this. Have I got your attention yet? And by the way, some of them had their attention gotten. Why? Because the Bible says the Egyptians put their cattle into the house. Come on. Please take this the right way. They would have never trusted the word of God or his prophet until God had made it so they could believe. That verse I just read to you, would you go to the context of it? Go to Ephesians chapter 2, please. Ephesians chapter 2 and verse 1. Read this in the context here. Most often we just quote this verse. Ephesians chapter 2, beginning in verse 1, the Bible says, And you hath he quickened, by the way that means made alive, spiritually alive. Okay? 
And you hath he quickened who were dead in trespasses and sins. Wherein in time past you walked according to the course of this world, according to the prince and the power of the air. Who's that, folks? Who's the prince of the power of the air? Satan. So all that idolatry in Egypt? Amen. The Bible says, prince of power of the air, the spirit that now worketh in the children of disobedience. Who is the Lord that I should obey him? Okay. God says, well, let me show you. Okay. Verse 3, it says, among whom also we all had our conversation in time past in the lusts of our flesh, fulfilling the desires of the flesh and of the mind. And we're by nature the children of wrath, even as others. But God, who is rich in mercy for his great love wherewith he loved us, even when we were dead in sins, hath quickened us together with Christ. By grace are you saved. Y'all see that? And hath raised us up together and made us to sit together in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. Our citizenship is in heaven. Amen. That's what that means there. He says, for by grace are ye saved through faith, and not that not of yourselves, it is the gift of God. And you've got to decide, is it grace or is it faith? And I'm telling you, in many ways, it's both. Okay? Why? Because you can't believe until God reveals himself for who he is. And sometimes he's got to put you through the fire so that you'll stop believing in all those other gods. We talked about that last week, amen? He'll destroy every god in your life until you're left to remain. Wait a minute. None of these work, but God does. Amen? And so my whole point is this, is uh, he destroyed their gods. He discredited their pharaoh. And what I mean by that is sometimes you've got to discredit their guru or their leader or the person who started their religion. Amen? And then he made a difference that all could see. Meaning what? His, his own magician said, come on, man, what more do you need to see? Let these people go. Amen? But they wouldn't let them go. And by the way, why? Well, um, um, well, go back to our text. I want you to see verse 28. Verse 28. Exodus chapter 9. Verse 28. The Bible says, uh, in verse 26, it says, Only in the land of Goshen, where the children of Israel were, was there no hail. Okay? Now get a hold of this. If the Egyptians wanted to save their cattle, they had to take them inside the house. Y'all remember that? But there was no hail in, in Goshen. Okay? You guys ever seen a a thunderstorm that'll rain on one side of a house but not on the other? <laughs> can you imagine a line of hail that destructive that completely encircled the land of Goshen? Everything died around it and it didn't touch a grain. And you know what they had to do? They had to say, um, they have a different God than us. And our gods let this happen to us, and their gods didn't let it happen to them. And folks, they had to begin to fear the Lord. Amen. They had to begin to fear the Lord and realize that they needed to even give an account for what they believe in. Folks, God makes it so that we are without excuse. Isn't that what the Bible says? The Bible says that we are without excuse. I want you to think about this, and we're done. Our life is a gift. Our health is a gift. Our hope is a gift, and our faith is a gift. Okay? I want you to remember that when the adversary Satan took all these things from Job, 
By the way, he took everything from Job. Y'all with me? Same thing that he did with these people here, okay? Do you remember what Job said when all that stuff was gone? I want you to turn there. You remember, but I want to read it so I don't get it wrong. Go to Job chapter 1, look at verse 20. Job chapter 1. Verse 20. Job lost every possession he had, lost his family. And the Bible says this, it says in verse 20, it says, And Job arose, rent his mantle, and shaved his head, and he fell down upon the ground. Everybody say the next word, and. Who did he worship? Worship God who gave him life, had given him health, had given him hope, had given him faith. Amen. And he said, Naked came I out of my mother's womb, and naked shall I return thither. The Lord gave, and the Lord hath taken away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. And all this he was able to do because he realized everything he had had come from God. Amen. Chapter 2, he lost his health. And in verse uh, 10, he says this. He said unto his wife, he says, Thou speakest as one as the foolish women speaketh. What? Shall we receive good at the hand of God, and shall we not receive evil? And all this did not Job sin with his lips. You know why? Because Job had everything taken away by Satan, but he understood everything he had belonged to God, and if God wanted it back, he could have it. That was his faith. Amen. And folks, he, God did the same thing in the nation of Egypt, the same thing that the devil had done to Job and both were to prove the same point. God's in heaven. He is sovereign. We will give an account someday and faith is the only way to praise him. You know, here is a man that understood everything given to us in this life is given from an all-powerful, all-loving, ever-merciful and ever-gracious God. And we're going to stand and give an account for it someday. Amen. There's just a few things that we might want to remember. And I would tell you this, you think, well, that's, that message is for an unbeliever. I'll tell you this, in the tough times, it might be a good message for the believer, too. Amen. We need to remember God's in charge of all this. God has a purpose and a plan. And uh, would to God that we would respond like Job and not like Pharaoh. Let's all stand, if you would. Let's all stand. In your blue hymnals, turn to number 384.